on the viewpoint. A study conducted by the University of KwaZulu-Natal has found a high prevalence of burnout, anxiety and depression amongst medical doctors in the province. The study was conducted in five public sector training hospitals. Dr. Tajini Naidu or Tajini Naidu, I beg your pardon for the pronunciation, a a psychiatry registrar based at King Edward Hospital conducted the study as part of a Master's of Medicine specializing in psychiatry. Dr. Naidu's aim was to assist her colleagues through support programs that worked on improving their well-being, which she notes is often neglected aspect of health. Of the 150 participants in the study, 88 of them screened positive for burnout, indicated by emotional exhaustion and depersonalization. A fifth also screened positive for anxiety and depressive symptoms. Naidu's study concluded that younger doctors were more vulnerable to burnout, whilst older ones were more likely to experience anxiety and depressive symptoms. To help us unpack these findings, then, on the other side of the short ad break will be Dr. Fundi Lenyati, who's a medical doctor and chief executive officer at Proactive Health Services. This is also a good time for those in the healthcare space who have relatives, not just necessarily doctors, but those who are essentially in the front lines of what has been a torrid time in healthcare, both public and private in the country. Probably now is as good a time to contribute so that we can put more meat and context, if you like, to the research of Dr. Naidu. This will, of course, not be taking away from the research. The sample was of 150 participants in a particular environment, but I'm sure the subject matter speaks to broadly those who are involved in the healthcare sector. And of course, not just who are themselves in the front lines, but those who support those in the front lines as children, as spouses, as friends, sometimes as colleagues who might just not have to deal with the kinds of pressures then those who were sampled have to deal with. Healthcare is a constitutional right in this country, including those who are themselves in the healthcare space, and their healthcare does span and include mental health and related if you like, orders within the healthcare space. After the break, we shall have then that conversation with Dr. Fundi Lenyati, medical doctor and chief executive officer at Proactive Health Services, emphasis on the word proactive, supposedly then how we can, in relation to burnout and mental health, try and be proactive so as to limit its very devastating effect after the break. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m., flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Quite scary, isn't it, Dr. Fundi Lenyati? Good evening. Thank you so much for your thoughts. 88 of 150, more than half, considerably more than half, screened positive for burnout, indicated by emotional exhaustion and or depersonalization. That has to be cause for concern for the healthcare sector in KwaZulu-Natal, not so. Well, yes, um Good evening to all your listeners, and uh, give me good evening to yourself as well. Um, it is definitely something that should make uh, you know all of us uh, as South Africans to worry. Uh, I mean, to have 59% of the people who responded to that study uh, being found to be suffering from burnout syndrome, um, you know, it's something that we should really, really worry because obviously. Uh, when people are bent out, uh, it has got implications in terms of the quality of care uh, to the patients and the families that they look after. 
So if you've got such a high percentage, uh, then one has to say, all right, this was just a study in KZN in five teaching hospitals, but can we use what came out of there to look at the picture throughout the country in South Africa? Uh, and, and I think that's where we should uh, you know, then uh, think about uh, the findings of the study. For the sake of being on the same page and understanding, what does depersonalization mean? In other words, when we say 88 persons screened positive for burnout indicated by either emotional exhaustion or depersonalization, what does the latter mean? All right. I think let's just go back a little bit to just uh, defining what burnout is. Now, let me first start by saying that, um, you know, for a long time, uh, health professionals and uh, academics have been, you know, fighting about whether burnout should actually be considered a medical condition or not. But in July last year, um, the International Classification of Diseases has now included burnout as an occupational, you know, uh, condition. Now, what is burnout? It's a syndrome that's brought on by chronic workplace stress that has not been managed, you know, uh, sufficiently. And you are asking me then about, you know, depersonalization. Now, in burnout, there's three components that one must meet for one to say it's burnout. The first one is emotional and physical exhaustion. That's number one. The second one is depersonalization. And by that, uh, what we mean is there's, the person develops a distance or an attitude towards their own job. They have negative or cynical feelings relating to their job uh, to a point whereby the levels of empathy, they tend to go down. So it's a person who is working, they're just going through the motions, but they are actually, you know, not uh, positively, you know, uh, connected with the job that they are doing. Uh, so that's the second component, depersonalization. And then the third one, the person gets a feeling of incompetence in their own job. So, and also feeling that they may not be able to achieve, you know, the desired outcomes as they do their job. So uh, this study that was done by Dr. Naidu was looking at all of those three components that are part of burnout. Intrinsic, I suppose, in these symptoms is the fact that the work environment itself, be it the resources available for one to perform one's tasks, the distribution, even distribution of work, the management of workflow, if you like, and the support within the workplace itself, not just yes. the psychological support, but also the material support to allow one the feeling that they are doing something that is meaningful, that gives them dignity as they do their work, such that they feel that they are expressing their best talents for the time they are at work. Because being at work on average eight hours a day and in the medical field, it could quite easily double that per day for as long as you do. If you are feeling disenfranchised by simply being at work, it would invariably have this kind of toll. I fully agree with you because remember we said chronic, poorly managed or unmanaged stress will lead to burnout in the workplace. And when we are looking, therefore, at what are the sources of stress within the workplace that may lead to these high levels of stress and burnout, uh, we always look at you know the industry that the person is in, uh, the organizational structures, the nature of the job, and the culture within the organization. Some of the things that you've mentioned already in the healthcare space, 
chronic staff shortages, ailing hospital infrastructure, malfunctioning tools of trade, that is, you know, some of the equipment we use to diagnose and, and treat people, uh, shortage of supplies, medical supplies. Sometimes the environment, especially in ER, can actually be very mm. violent. Uh, and uh, inadequate work-life balance, that's just something that's intrinsic within the healthcare space. But the nature of the job as well, high-pressure, stressful job, dealing with life and death decisions all the time, vicarious emotional trauma, long working hours. Uh, and you find that also the quality of leadership within this environment is usually quite, you know, uh, poor. Uh, guys uh, are very good technically, but when it comes to management and leadership, the CEOs of these hospitals, they are actually found wanting. And therefore, if you work in that kind of environment, it's usually a very, very stressful type of environment and the culture generally within the hospital environment and academic environment there's poor communication the environment is usually quite uh, disempowering uh, the seniors tend to quite you know to bully those who are juniors so these are all the challenges that you find in an you know i you know in an environment um, a teaching hospital or any of the big hospitals in South Africa. We're in conversation with Dr. Fundi Lenyati, medical doctor and the CEO of Proactive Health Services. The linkages of burnout and mental health during a pandemic. This is the conversation tonight on Hashtag Health on Monday, focusing, of course, on five hospitals in KwaZulu-Natal. Research conducted by Dr. Ted Tenjini Naidu, a psychiatry registrar based at King Edward VIII Hospital. Doc, before we take calls, and hopefully we will get some on 0891-104-207, you've mentioned some of the issues that lend themselves to the kind of outcome of this research. You mentioned staff shortages, material shortages, an HR environment that is not conducive to efficiency and related efficacies. To use a different analogy, if this were a motor car, we would probably be talking about a motor car at times with going on a long-distance drive with not enough drivers, with not enough fuel supply, without a spare wheel, and only dim and no bright lights. Of course, that car would be found to be unroadworthy. Why then, in the case of a hospital that performs such a critical function, a function literally of life and death, do we then get this kind of statistic? More so, this kind of statistic is probably more prevalent outside the catchment of this research, and there doesn't seem to be a national crisis or emergency called as a response to try and rectify this. Well, um, you know, I mean, your question is actually a valid question, um, but let's start with the doctors themselves, you know, or the healthcare workers themselves. Uh, in spite of the fact that, you know, um, inherently uh, levels of stress in the job that we do are very high uh, for all the reasons that I've given. But uh, doctors themselves are actually quite poor when it comes to what we call help-seeking behavior, recognition of the fact that they are carrying a lot of stress, uh, they are bent out, and for them to then seek help. So to acknowledge Uh, and seek help, it's something that uh, they don't do very well. There's a lot of stigma within the medical profession around issues of mental health. And so many doctors will just continue going through their emotions, even if they can see that they are decompensating rather than to go and seek help. So it is a problem because if they were proactive themselves in being able to raise these issues and talk with one voice, 
and demand better work, work conditions, you know, from their employers. Uh, obviously, in the provinces, it is the provincial health departments. Uh, you know, uh, it will go a long way towards addressing these issues. But again, even where they are support you know, uh, services provided for them. For example, during this time of COVID, there is a line that has been made available for doctors who are feeling that they cannot take the levels of stress and burnout. But the utilization of that line is very, very low. So uh, then it goes back to the attitudes, uh, the stigma uh, within the profession. Uh, And also it becomes worse, obviously, for males, because generally as males, um, in South Africa and also beyond, uh, the whole idea of you know toxic masculinity, where we don't really acknowledge uh, stress or even you know acknowledge that we are depressed and therefore seek help. So that complicates things. So it is a problem, but the solution will have to start within the profession. Uh, yes, awareness can be created about the dangers. And I mean, we're starting to see, you know, uh, in the, you know uh, globally, uh, an increase in the number of medical doctors that are committing suicide because of the depression, you know, that they end up having uh, or other, you know, uh, major psychiatric illnesses. So it is something that actually has got negative consequences. And some of the guys, rather than seeking help, uh, they then uh, escape through use of alcohol, uh, prescription drugs, or some over-the-counter medication, which can also become a problem because then some of them end up being reported, you know, uh, in the health profession council as impaired doctors, which may result in their licenses being withdrawn. So the implications in a country that year after year is actually getting fewer doctors yet the population is actually increasing, it is not good. So the medium to long-term implications of this kind of problem is actually quite serious for the country. Let's take an ad break. Dr. Fundi Lenyati, Medical Doctor and Chief Executive Officer at Proactive Health Services. I do want to probe the question in relation to the responses itself of the medical fraternity, both to the questions of burnout and mental health, the fact that it might appear to some that doctors are their own worst enemy, both the stigmatization within the profession and some of the responses, stroke solution in handling what essentially is a medical matter, but the fact that they are taking it into their own hands in the way that you have described that they do might be cause for deeper concern than perhaps we might admit among ourselves. Isaac, after the break, you'll be first on the line, and I encourage other callers as well, please, to start dialing on 0891-104-207. Burnout, mental health during a pandemic, challenges faced by those in health care, and how when we go to them, we really could be going to somebody who's close to being on over the edge. After the break, a conversation continues. on SAFM. Good evening, Isaac. Good evening, Patterson, and good evening to, 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 to our guest there. Yes, I, I think I'm, I'm a psychiatric patient, but what I observe with our doctors, it's true that they're having this burning thing in their themselves because they don't refer us to psych, psychologists, social workers, occupational therapy, and they treat same people every time and again, you see. And they are amazed why these people are not getting well. Because we are always locked up, we do we do nothing, we eat, sleep, eat, eat, sleep, and there's no report from social worker, from psychologists, 
from our nurses, from occupational therapy, you see, because they are treating the same patient every year and year, and that is venison. It's like a doctor wants to save a, a, a life of a patient, but that patient passed away, then he gets depressed. Thank you so much, Isaac. Making a valid point in relation to, I suppose, putting new wine in old skins, if that proverb were true in this case. The doctors are in the same place, treating largely the same patients, going through the motions time after time, and it's just a question of who's quickest to burn out, essentially is what I'm getting from Isaac. How then do we change the conditions? How do we then engage different methods of, I suppose I'm getting from that, a way of stimulating the healthcare professional so that he or she doesn't fall prey and entrapped in what is likely to happen if things don't change? Doc? Well, uh, I think the important thing is that... uh, Yes, when we choose, you know, the career, we know that uh, it's long working hours. Uh, we, lo- we know that uh, there's a high levels of stress. We know that, uh, you know, uh, it's issues of life and death uh, and all of that. We know that. However, like I said earlier, what we don't do then is to say, uh, at what point do I know that I am now decompensating? You know, uh, and there are things that can be done. You talked about proactive, you know, uh, because I come from proactive health solutions. <laughs> now, yes. it's important for the doctors to realize that they are not machines. At some point, you know, uh, their cups are going to, you know, uh, uh, run empty. And so long before there is a problem, they, you know, they need to work at building their emotional resilience. And there's tried and tested, you know, uh, evidence-based, you know, uh, things that they can do. For example, mindfulness, uh, you know, being trained on mindfulness, being trained on, you know, uh, transcendental meditation, uh, you know, so there are also fatigue uh, management programs that they can be trained on. So all of those things could be helpful in ensuring that they don't progress to burn out or even progress from burnout to mental illness. So rather than waiting for stuff to happen to them, uh, they need to recognize that uh, at regular intervals, they need to create a a balance. Most of the doctors, they don't have balance uh, when it comes to work and also family. Uh, They're just working and working and working. So consciously uh, trying to get that balance and sometimes just getting out of the environment that is about medicine and just going, you know, uh, on hikes or other things, or those who enjoy music or pamper themselves. So basically, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, the doctors don't acknowledge the problem, uh, then it makes it difficult for them to even think of, you know, um, ways and means of actually mitigating uh, the risk of, uh, you know, high stress level burnout and even mental illness. So I think that's what they need to do. I might have said this in tongue-in-cheek, but the more I engage your thoughts on this as you express them, the more perhaps it might be more correct than it is incorrect. Doctors, albeit not intentionally, could nonetheless be invariably their worst enemy. Here's why. You mentioned quite extensively the fact that there is a lot of stigma within the profession. 
And yes. then all the things that you have said now, which are just low-hanging fruits in relation to, if you like, making sure that one doesn't meet burnout and just keeps one's mental health, taking a hike, yes. taking a break, just literally trying to lead a normal life, including going home to somebody. You would think a doctor knows that. You would think a doctor implements that because that's exactly what I am going to be told by a doctor if I go there sporting the same symptoms. Why then would it be so difficult for a doctor to self-acknowledge or self-identify if that is inherently difficult for a medical reason or the other that I'm not alive to, then surely one's colleagues or operating in that space would be able to look at somebody who typically looks like a patient they deal with on a day-to-day basis, only this time that person is a colleague, and be able to engage that person, even at that personal level, before it becomes at a medically professional level. Why is it difficult then to implement or to do these things that doctors know Songhez or should do, but just because it's Fundile now, he can't do. One, two, yeah. why, why would Fundile's response of all things then be towards what? Drugs, abuse of alcohol, being violent in character and or nature, or being reclusive and just completely withdraw from society? How does that lend itself to all of the profession and the skill that the individual typically would have? Yeah, you know, uh, I think the biggest mistake that we all make uh, is to think that, uh, you know, uh, just because the doctors have got the knowledge uh, and then they would be the first people to actually apply that knowledge to themselves. Uh, I often make, an, a, a, you know, an example and say, uh, you know, uh, some of the biggest chain smokers are actually medical doctors. Yet these are the people who know exactly what happens, you know, with chain smoking uh, to their lungs. Same as when it comes to, you know, the use of alcohol. So uh, having knowledge uh, is not always, uh, you know, uh, it does not always lead to attitude and behavioral change. Sure. Uh, you know, they are human beings, and it's one of the biggest challenges, you know, to say knowledge must then, you know, lead to behavioral change. So even within the medical profession, with all the knowledge that we have, doing that which we actually say others must do is not always, you know, something that comes, you know, automatically. So it is a problem. However, uh, with all that you are seeing, the levels of suicide that, that are going up, you know, globally, uh, even here in South Africa. And the other issue right now is also that uh, obviously the work stressors are the primary thing, but most doctors also have got, usually have challenges with uh, relationships at home uh, and also the issues of finances. Uh, so all of those things put together are actually creating a situation yeah. of high prevalence got of you. mental illness amongst these uh, professionals. We got you loud and clear there, Dr. Fundi Lanachi. Then thank you so much for your time. Medical doctor and chief executive officer, Proactive Health Services, giving us a little bit more meat to the research that was done by Dr. Naidu at King Edward VIII Hospital. The linkages of burnout and mental health during a pandemic. After the break, short live read before we get into the first ever episode of A Quest for Justice.